In this episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast, I'm joined by ordained minister, teacher, coach, mentor, inspirational speaker, and financial empowerment advocate, Dr. Valerie Bartley. This was a great episode because Valerie is somebody who is very uh, big on paying it forward, especially to the next generation. She believes in creating leaders, uh, believes in the power of mentorship, and definitely financial literacy to help young people in the next generation uh, create opportunities for generational wealth. And she does all these things through her company, Breaking the Silence. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and the gems that were dropped, and it hopefully makes a difference for you guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Encourage and Inspire podcast. And today we have a very special guest, and we have um, Reverend Dr. Valerie Bartley. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. You know, once again, shout out to my friend and colleague, CC from Where It Begins uh, Magazine, who is so kind to um, send me guests because I'm always looking for guests to talk to on my podcast. And, you know, my podcast talk, it's called the Encourages Fire Podcast, like I mentioned before, but it covers three different topics. I usually like to talk about disability awareness because I was born with a disability. I have cerebral palsy. Um, also talk about music business topics and then people's stories who encourage and inspire me. So, it's cool just when you get a chance to check out your bio, what you're passionate about, and uh, obviously in ministry, and then obviously in touch in your in, in serving young people, the system of our financial literacy, and also just leadership and things like that that we'll get into a little bit later. But I think it's really cool to have somebody like you there. I like you on my podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Cool. So, um, where are you originally from? I'm actually from South Carolina. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, my 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 mentor, my big brother, the own the owner of this podcast network. Shout out to God what you need podcast network. My big brother LaShawn, who actually got me started in the entertainment business several years ago. He's a, he was born in Detroit, but he grew up in Georgetown, okay. South Carolina. And now he lives in Raleigh. Oh. <laughs> so he so he grew up in so he grew up in Georgetown, grew up Born in, born in Detroit, grew up in Georgetown, came to Florida to go to college, you know, uh, got hurt playing basketball, came to Orlando, met me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, rock, we rocked together for, for a few years and then he moved to Raleigh um, in 2008 and he's been there ever since. And he's just a great guy, man. So shout out to LaShawn and for what he's always doing to uh, help people and and give us give people like me a voice. So I want to shout him out. So and he will be listening to this because he edits all of my episodes. So he will definitely hear the shout out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So South Carolina, awesome, awesome. And um, like I said, you you are ordained minister. Like what when did you decide and know that ministry? Because I said ministry is not for everybody. Ministry. Ministry is not for everybody. <laughs> and I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole today. <laughs> but uh when did you decide that? Um because I feel like something like that you have to be called for. You really do have to be called for it. And you have to know you're called for it. I think yes. some people feel like they're called for it and not really called for it. <laughs> yeah. 
So does that make sense? So when did you? Yes, you I understand. Um, yes. It was something just pulling on me mm -hmm. after experiencing things in my life. Um, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it was, it was it's, a, it's a pull. And, and that came after me studying okay. and building that relationship with God because it's okay. just not something that you wake up to, oh, I want to be called a preacher. Of course. It's something that, that yeah. you build on while you're studying the word of God. You're building that relationship. And it was a pull that he wanted me to do more. Gotcha. And I did. Yes. <laughs> and you're right. It's not for everyone. Yeah, no, it isn't. You know, you know, it isn't. You know, you have to really be called for it. You know, you know, you have to really be, really know that's what you want to do. Because, and I also think too, a lot of preachers, people forget, like they're human beings too. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you get called to be a you know be a ministry and yeah you're held to a higher standard but you still doesn't mean you're not gonna you know fall from time to time that is so correct that's you know what right. i mean i, I remember you're right when, you're right when when, when when couple couple things i remember uh well one main thing is you know when dietrich had right around when he was doing the preachers of la that that reality show and you know he had had i guess his his first child with with um his current wife i can't remember Dominique, I can't remember her name right now, but uh, but I know he had caught a lot of flack because they had a child out of wedlock, you know, and the church wanted to crucify that. I said, this man is a wow. man. He's a man, first and foremost. Yes, yes. He is yes. a man, first and foremost. And I think, and, I, and, I, and that's one of the things that bothers me because I think we forget that we're human beings first. And the Christian church, unfortunately, sometimes likes to do a lot of judging and not enough loving <laughs> you yes. know you know what i mean and i think that's yes and, and valid to be quite honest with you i think that's where the christian church is in big trouble right now mm -hmm. because yeah. i'm just being honest with you you know because young young people you know what they're saying because you can't pull the wool over their eyes now you live with these generation these generation z's you can't tell them they need to see it that's right you know, so, so, you know, <laughs> so, you can't, you, so if because they're going to say, okay, well, you call it, so you're a Christian and this is what you do, that don't add up. So I'll take my chances over here. <laughs> yeah. You're right. And that's you're right. what I think, and I think that's what's happening. That is the Christian, I tell them, tell them, I grew up in, I grew up in Christ, going to Christian church. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. I will, and I'll be honest and trans said it's like church culture for a long time. I stopped going to church a long time ago. And I, I believe in God, but I just didn't yes. like the culture of it. I think the culture of it became toxic. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's what's happening where a lot of young people are starting to say, well, this is not what I envisioned it to be. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, well, I still love God. That hasn't changed. But the culture, uh-oh, I think we lost her. Give me one second. Sorry about that, guys. We had a little technical difficulties, but we're back. And like I said, I'm excited to continue talking to my new friend, um, Valerie. So go ahead now. So you were talking, you were in response to my question, you were saying now uh, you had to be transparent. Yeah. Um, I do. I agree.
agree with you when it comes to um, our young generation mm-hmm. or anyone who uh, who are actually new into this Christianity or um, faith walk. Mm-hmm. Let me say mm-hmm. that. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I see that people would like, love to see is just don't tell me, show me. Right, 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 right. And I strongly believe in that. That's, that's great. No, I love that because I think we have to do that more because I just think also too, another big thing too about the churches, I don't know if they're willing to want to talk about the topics that are, that are plaguing the black community, the topics that are even plaguing young people in general and the things that are just taboo to talk about, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, yeah. you know, it's not good when Pastor Jamal Bryant is on the shade room talking about Kevin Samuels passing away and the way back. It's just it's not good. It's just not good. People, people, are, people are watching that stuff and say, you know, if this is what this is all about, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, think, I, think that's what's, I think that's what's happened. And I, think mm-hmm. people, I think people need to be aware of that and understand that you know, it's church is always in itself has always been. It's the culture, and unfortunately, people make that can, can kind of sometimes can toxify the culture if, if you're not if they're not careful. If that makes sense, you know. Yes. Um, yes. But 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 like I said before, I think ministry is something that you got to be called for. And this, I'm glad that you knew that you were called for it. So. Um, you know, and I th- thank you for being transparent about when I said that because you know I, I was hoping that 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 it would be it would be okay to discuss that because you know uh, I think it's just something that that's real, you know, something that's okay. really that's really real and that we can't not act like it doesn't exist, you know. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> And God is looking for leaders to be that example. Absolutely. That Absolutely. Example. You can't correct unless you are willing to see your correction too. That you need to be corrected as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you have a ministry outside of traditional sense with teaching young people about the power of being financially literate. You know, set them up yeah. to be for in positions for opportunities to create generational wealth. You know, talk to me about why you think that's important, especially for young people coming from disenfranchised, really tough neighborhoods. Because you know, money is something that we don't talk much about. And my mom didn't talk to me about it. I grew up, you know, I came from. Now I grew up in a middle a middle class neighborhood. I'm in Orlando, Florida, so. Um, originally from Brooklyn, New York, but raised here in Orlando. We grew up so a little bit about about Orlando. If you, the east side of Orlando and the west side of Orlando is two different things. So if you want to go around to the east side of Orlando, it's predominantly white and Hispanic. The west side mm-hmm. of Orlando is predominantly black, and you know, okay. predominantly like a lot of disenfranchised neighborhoods on that side of town. So we were very fortunate to where, like, you know, grew up middle class, but we weren't, we didn't necessarily come from the hood. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even, I don't really know 
what it's like to be from the hood. And I always tell people, I know about the streets. What people tell me, well, I'm mm-hmm. not from the streets. <laughs> uh, you know, I know, I don't yeah. know about the streets because that's what people talk to me about it. But I'm not from that. I don't come from that world. So, and I think what's mm-hmm. so important about what you're doing is setting people up from an early age, at least discuss financial literacy and what that means to set set them up for success in life. Because usually what happens is a lot of times it's people who either you want to be able to dunk a basketball or, you know, I'm in the entertainment business, so everybody wants to be a rapper, you know, or because one, we can't live without music. It's impossible. And two, a lot of times what will happen is, if basketball doesn't, if sports don't work out, if if the if the NFL doesn't work out, if, if the NBA doesn't work out, the next best thing for so many young people, is, oh, we're gonna be a rapper. You know why? Because that's what looks like them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's yes. what that's what looks like them. That's what looks like the the lifestyle that they want to live. You know, but the truth is, most people never get to that level of success <laughs> in, uh, in professional sports because it's very, very, very difficult to, to do that. So I love that you have created a, created something where you're passionate about teaching young people about that. Mm-hmm. So, so where, you know, yeah. where, where, did that, where did that come from for you? Um, Darrell came from me just my experience um, growing in, um, in a family of a one parent, single parent. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that what I know now, if I would have known when I was growing up, going to, uh, before I went to college, before Mm -hmm. I got married, all of this, it made me, my experience really motivated me is in this why, why did I choose to help our young people? And like you said, I've lived in a, actually in, close to poverty, you know what I'm saying? Because statistics show that a single home is actually near poverty, which, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just my experience. And I have background, I have a lot of uncles Mm -hmm. who have encouraged me to be able to be a voice for the generation that's behind me. And being that I work in the schools, I failed to tell you that I work in the school district and I've seen... I worked in the alternative school, the last assignment that I had, I worked in the school district and I saw how gifted and talent had so much gifts and they were using it to survive Mm -hmm. and just using that, that negative action or behavior from young people and trying to change their, their mindset to let them know that they have what it takes, but somehow they was not introduced to um, how they can use it effectively and positively. Mm -hmm. So it's just my experience really motivated me and being around a lot of young people in the school district. And being able to know, um, give them something that I didn't really get, Darrell. I want them to feel, you know, have that experience that I didn't get until I got older. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. And I respect that very, very, very much. Um, I respect that very, very, very much. Um, you talk about, you know, you do a lot of work with mentorship. And I said, I believe in mentorship, man. Mentorship is so, so important when it comes to setting people up for success. 
Well, I know this, especially from being in the entertainment business, is that you have to you have to surround yourself with people that have done it before, you know, mm-hmm. and who try to show you the blueprint of how, not necessarily how to get successful, because I believe, you know, that no two people ever get successful the exact same way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always everybody's path in life is a little different. You can have similarities, but nothing's mm-hmm. ever. I don't think success is cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. I think success happens where, yeah, you need to follow a blueprint, you need to have fundamentals, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can cook and cut and just mm-hmm. say, okay, if you do things exactly this way, you'll be successful exactly that way. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. can promise that. Mm-hmm. Anybody with ethics <laughs> can promise that. But but mentorship is so important because you have to be around people that have, like I said, done it before. So how do you, you know, being a mentor, so how do you, how do you view mentorship? How do you, how do you see that word and how it affects, uh, how it affects uh, the people you work with and what you, what you're, what you're trying to do with, in your vision and mission every day? Um, they, first, they have to be willing that they want to. Right. It's something that you cannot force anyone to do. Right. They have to want it. Okay. Because part of it is they're having the drive to want it more than I want it for them. Right. Okay. So, and I'm there just to encourage, to, um, you know, just continue to instill in them positive, um, you know, just, just giving them positive, you know, an atmosphere that I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. I'm whatever decision and, and being a resource for them. But like I said, you they have to have that drive to want it first. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Um very much. Um yeah, let, let let let's transition and talk about you know leadership. Again, this is something and the work you do through your company, breaking the silence. So so you know, can, talk to me about talk to me about breaking the silence first before we talk about leadership. Um, what made you want to start, what made you want to start the company, your company, Breaking the Silence? It's because, <laughs> go back again, I've experienced so much growing up and, and you know, as our cult, my culture, our culture. Our culture, exactly, been, our culture. Yeah, we've been taught certain things. And as I'm, you know, when I got exposed to others mm-hmm. who didn't make, who was making what I wanted to make, mm-hmm. they were talking a different language. And, yeah. and the language is not um, something that in our culture here a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just, you just have to be in the right place at the right time. And I found out that the things that we should know mm-hmm. We're not knowing. So I was one, I was going to be the bold one to break the silence of success of how we can break the silence and break this poverty, offer our culture, offer anyone that think they can't do it, offer anyone that think they don't have value or anyone that thinks that they don't, um, they can't be successful. They can't reach that financial um, stability Mm -hmm. or freedom. I'm here to break that cycle, to break through, letting them know that the resources that are out there mm-hmm. and the different things that's out there that they can do, that they even 
Um, okay, now go. Now go. You know, uh, folks who you know, when I was growing up, I always had uncles. I had uncles and who was entrepreneurs mm -hmm. um, that didn't go to college, but you know, our culture save your money, go to college. Oh. I had a lot of experience around my male family members who had their own business, but didn't go to college, right. didn't even finish high school, didn't even finish school. So I'm just, you know, I peeped at, you know, I'm, you know, growing up, I'm like, okay, all the men in my family, they're entrepreneurs, they're business owners, mm -hmm. and they didn't go to school, you know, they didn't finish. And after that, I actually did the thing like you know grow up they tell you to go to college and mm -hmm. you did everything but then something is missing Darrell mm -hmm. I'm still gonna have the money that I want you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying mm -hmm. I, you know I'm still not satisfied and you know what they said about we we're, we're not gonna ever do be satisfied but I want to be in a place to be mm -hmm. financial free free have that financial freedom or mm -hmm. have that opportunity and when mm -hmm. I got exposed to others who work in that space, mm -hmm. I began to learn. I began to, and 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 one of the things that I find out, Darrell, you have to self. It's the self. Is it self-taught? I, I taught myself. Self, self teach, right? right teaching, right. self-teaching experience by reading, by getting to know those persons who were where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Get to know what they're doing, mm -hmm. and one of the things that I. I, I I definitely I actually encourage anything that I've done, and I've always I'm gonna tell you I was very rebellious when it came down to um, reading because I learned that quickly when I went in my grad school for ministry, and I had like ten books. But mm -hmm. then I realized that the books are what the books are doing is transforming your mind on what you was taught from birth till now. Do you understand mm -hmm. where I'm going? You yes, were taught a certain way about money. You was taught money don't go on free. And, you know, you got to save your money. You got to do, it, it's like we were speaking how to stay poor. <laughs> I mean, if mm. you understand what I'm talking about. Mm. So, um, and, I'm, and I definitely want me people to understand that I don't push wealth, but I push knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes, and then with the knowledge I have, that's why I did break into silence because people don't know. I will. I want to be that voice to get the word out to them to know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So, and I would not change that that type that business name for nothing. My coach is like, "Why do you want that?" I said, "It have to be breaking the silence," you mm. know. I love it. I love it. Uh... Very well said. Uh, when it comes to leadership, and what we do, we got about six minutes left. But then, if we want, we're gonna, I'm gonna have us come right back and finish up. We'll just give you a heads up. We got about six minutes left in this meeting, and then we'll start another one and, and finish up. Okay. Uh, okay. So, um, when it comes to leadership, and leadership qualities is not, you know, you've made it your mission to transform lives, create leaders, obviously build generational wealth you know, or to at least teach how to do that. Uh, well, leadership qualities is something that not everybody possesses. I don't think everybody's a leader. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I, I yes. do think you can, do think you can take, because to me, right, what makes a person a true leader is 
understanding how people tick, right? Mm -hmm. Leadership is not a one size, you can't lead people one size fits all, right? You have to know, in my, this is my opinion, you have to know what makes the person tick in order mm -hmm. to get them to perform at the level they need to perform at. Like you can't do it. For instance, some some people don't respond well to yelling, to to getting in there, getting in their tail. I don't know if you're a sports fan, but Michael Jordan, the last the last dance, the documentary. I think what we realized about Michael Jordan before that watching that documentary was he was a he, you know he he got into people right. He yes. get into you because he like. That's the way he tested you. Like, if you're going to come into the foxhole with me, mm -hmm. that's the mm -hmm. way to leave, right? Yes. So, mm -hmm. so, so some people, so that can be good, but that can also be not good because you have to know how to, how certain people tick in order to get, mm -hmm. to get them to perform at the best level that they need to perform at. Yes. To yes. achieve the goal, you know? Mm -hmm. So how do you know how, how do you know when you kind of spotted someone or discovered someone um, who's the right fit to go to work and prepare for leadership? Before you answer that question, let's go ahead and, how and do stop. I know? Yeah, yeah. But let's let's go ahead and stop that. Um, let's go ahead and stop right there. And I'm gonna restart this meeting and we're gonna finish up, okay? So that same link that I that same link that I gave you. Um, Go ahead and just click that, click back on that link, okay? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, you said, how do I know uh, yeah, if so, someone has... Yeah, I did, but before we answer that question, I want you, we're gonna go into a new meeting, so we're gonna run out of time. So, okay. um, so go ahead and use that same link that I gave you and we'll, we'll pop right back in, okay? All right. I'll see you in a second. All right, thank you. Hey guys, we're back, sorry about that. Uh, we had to start a new meeting to continue our great conversation, you know. Um, so, like I said, how, my question was before, how do you know when you have spotted somebody that you feel like could be, that you would take on and teach them about leadership? How do you know you found somebody that could, that could be a great leader who may not even know that they have the, the leadership qualities? How do you know when you when you found that person? Like I said before, not everybody is not everybody wants to be a leader. Like not everybody wants to be a boss. Not everybody wants some people. Some people just literally just like to be able to do their job and go home. Mm -hmm. And you know? one of the things I could tell you, it doesn't take me. I don't find that in a person right when I first meet them. I have to spend time with them to see, you know, the qualities that I, you know, that's for. You know, it's it's going to take time. It's not something mm -hmm. that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, happens, but I, you know, I can just talk about my personal, how, how I approach it and what okay. I, those tools that I use, um, you know, but I have to be with, I have to spend some time with individuals to, to see that, you know, mm -hmm. um, to see if they're a team player. These are some of the qualities that I look for. Right. Um, team player, like you said, I, I strongly believe that leaders, must have not an I, but a we yes. mentality. Um, I've always approached my leadership as that. What, how, what is it that you guys, you know, what can we do together? Right. You, you know what I mean? Um, you got to be a good listener. 
And I'll be honest with you, Darrell, I had a problem with that. Not a problem, but just, you know, I, they called me hyperactive. You know, when I was growing up, 20 years <laughs> old, going in the church, I was like moving, 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 moving. But I had to slow it down so I can actually listen, not just the words that coming out of someone's mouth, but just to listen to everything, God, everything about that person. Because I may say something to you, Darrell. But if you call, if I say I'm fine, but something that the Lord tell me, something that's touched me, discern me that when you say fine, literally you're not fine. Do you understand? Is when I say listening, it's not just the the sounds. You understand? Mm -hmm. It's more of just being able to be there to listen to others rather than me listening to me. Mm -hmm. Get it? And just being there. I love that. Right. I love that. I think, like you said, like you have to spend time with the local, you know. Um, that's a that's a really that's a really important thing, you know. Uh, you have to you have to spend the time, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, and like my Angelou said, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. <laughs> I, I I can say it like Miss Darrell. The real you will show up. <laughs> oh, trust me. I, 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 I figured out. I figured that out recently when I was talking to a, a young lady on a dating app most recently, and, uh -huh. and, and and we had a bit of an issue. I won't go into it in detail here. Not an issue, which is a bit of a like I was having a bad day, and she didn't. She didn't like that. She did. Even though I was, even though I was communicating with her. We started, we, the day started out well, and then my day took a left turn. Mm -hmm. And then I couldn't, I, I, then I had to take care of what I had to take care of. And the baby pretty much like kind of like messed up the rest of my day. Mm -hmm. And she got upset that I wasn't trying to call her on the phone. And I said, oh, I said, what are you talking about? You know, and, and what that taught me was if you're getting upset, and then she expected me to read her mind. Like it only had been a few days on the day that we had been talking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like I don't owe you anything. You don't owe me anything. Yeah. And for you to get upset and tell me, well, you don't, you, you don't, you don't know when you dropped the ball. No, I don't know. You expect me to read your mind. If you have a problem with that, did tell me. Yes. Do not expect me to know. Like I think that's a problem that a lot of women have yes. when it comes to see. You know, well, that's what's been going on in our in our community. Is that mm -hmm. there's been a major disconnect between men and women. I think, yes. And for TD, for TD, you know, men, women don't women think they understand men and they have no clue how men think. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. have no clue. Women, yes. A lot of women expect us a man to us to read your mind. You don't know what's going on in your mind unless you tell us. So we can great. fix the problem. Don't assume that we know. Mm -hmm. Don't assume that we know. If you have a problem something that we did, tell us what we did so that we can correct okay. it and fix mm -hmm. it. So this young lady, you know, who I was looking forward to really getting to know, you know, I said, okay, no, I'm not going to deal with you because you are you're telling on yourself. You're mm -hmm. telling you're telling on yourself because. Mm -hmm. If you're getting upset about something like this that wasn't a big, huge, shouldn't have caused mm -hmm. you to get upset about, what happens when something really happens? Yes. So, mm -hmm. so that's the part that I was like, okay, 
you know, this is you're kind of telling on what you could potentially be later on down the road. And, and that's why and that's why some of these women are single, man. Mm-hmm. These women, mm-hmm. like, like they don't understand how men think. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how men function or why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And for her, for her to to assume that I knew what was bothering her or what I did to her, that wasn't fair to me. I don't. Think. Yeah. Uh huh. Because she assumed yeah. or was upset that I didn't couldn't. I didn't know why I dropped the ball. Because in my in my in my opinion, okay, I had been communicating. Yes, I wasn't talking to you on the phone all that time. But we had been texting back and forth and been in communication. So for mm-hmm. you to get upset that I didn't call you or talk to you on the phone afterwards, I know that didn't make sense to me. And then mm-hmm. you not, for you not to tell me what I did wrong was a major word for even, even if I disagreed with you, at mm-hmm. least I at least I can respect the fact that you told me this is what mm-hmm. I did. And you didn't mm-hmm. tell me that. You assume that I should know, and when I don't know, then you get upset. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So going back to what my Angela said is, people will show you who they are. Mm-hmm. And you got to believe them. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. You know, just saying. You know, and she's probably a nice. She's a, she she looks she look, she looked like she was somebody I was really looking forward to getting to know. Mm-hmm. You know but if you're gonna act like this then that's not a good thing because what if something else happens down the road mm-hmm. in a relationship and if you're doing this and what's trying to get to know each other then what mm-hmm. happens when you in actual if and when we're in an actual relationship that's the scary mm-hmm. that's the scary part about it that's right that's right right <laughs> yes Yes. And I and I have to say, you know, I have to anytime I you know you're talking, I have to be honest. I was like, she he got one, he got a female that wanted her to read. Some females, they try to tell some females, you you talk too much. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, they try, you know, and you know, as I'm you know, as I was talking to you, um, some you know, it really how long did you know her? Only a couple of days, a couple of days. Okay, yeah, okay, all right. She seemed like she was dealing with some stuff. <laughs> well, no, it just seemed like, you know, we were ha- we had a conversation, you know, we were having a uh-huh. conversation, and the day started out really good, but then like, like, like it happens in life, sometimes your days take a left turn. Yes. And, days, and, you know, and things just happen. And so I had a situation mm-hmm. yeah. that I had to deal with, and, mm-hmm. it did, and it didn't, the day didn't end the way I like it to end. But that yeah. being said, after three or four, it's only been a couple of days. I don't really owe you an explanation of anything. Yes. I, mean, I just that's just what I believe. Like, like mm. it, had, it hadn't even been a week yet. No. I don't really owe you anything. If I choose, mm. if I choose to share stuff with you, because that's a choice. Yeah. I yes. don't. Ha- I don't have to. I don't. Requ- I'm not required to do anything. Is what I'm trying to say. Right. That, that was the issue that I had. I had, I'm like, so so you're upset that I'm not, that I wasn't communicating with you. When yeah. I was communicating with you via text pretty much mm-hmm. the whole time, you know? And you, right. were, and you were communicating with me fine through text. So to get that message kind of threw me off guard a little bit, like, what, what are you talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. It just didn't make sense to me. And that's what kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah, I understand. 
That's what I understand. <laughs> yes, so, yes. You know, it's just it's just one of those things, right? It's just it's a, it's a disconnect. It's a lot of women mm-hmm. think that they that they understand men. Mm-hmm. The problem is that you know what you know what the problem is that a lot of a lot of women have now is that for a long right. time, women have always been able to size men up. Yeah. Say, well, you know, I'm not gonna. Well, he gotta have this, 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 and this for me to even deal with him. But now men uh-huh. are saying, well, guess what? You gotta have this, this, and this, and this, and this too. <laughs> That's right. And they don't like the fact that men are now telling women, "You need to have you." I have a standard. That's I right. want you to be a certain weight. I That's want right. This I want you, especially men. You talk about you talk about generational wealth. You talk about men who have money and standards and things like that. They know they have options. Mm-hmm. They already know that. So why would they choose you? Right. <laughs> because they already know if they're making six figures, a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars a year, they're in the, already in the elite of the elite already. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that they're going to be the ones sought after. You're right. But best believe, but what I'm trying to say, to be quite blunt about it, is you got to be willing to compete for what you want. Mm-hmm. And when women, right. say, and when women say, especially in the black community, when women mm-hmm. say compete, oh no, oh hell, about to break loose. You talking about? Yes, you got to compete. It's a competition. It is. It is a competition. Whether you like it or not, it's a competition. Because if you want that man, so does everybody else. Why should he choose you? Mm-hmm. What men are saying now is, we'll just stay single. Men are not even signing up to want to be stepdads anymore. Mm-hmm. They're just saying, we'll just stay single because the court system, when it comes to step stepfathers, you don't exist. Unless you legally adopt that child, you have no rights to that child if that relationship doesn't work out. So a man with options is saying, well, why would I go do that when I can find a woman who has no children and create my own legacy without, without having to worry about another man's legacy? And that's essentially what men are saying. Uh-huh. Right. saying why should I, why would I settle for you and mm-hmm. raising somebody else's legacy Mm-hmm. I can go start my own. That's and right. Have to work. And that see these see women want to get upset about this type of stuff, but this is a reality. Uh-huh. The more children you have out of wedlock, the more children you have not being covered by a man, you price yourself out of the market. That's correct. That's just these are harsh realities. Women have to, you know, I'm on the dating apps and I see oh, I'm a I'm a mother of five. Oh, well. I really hope all your kids are grown because most men ain't signing up to be a stepdad of the five kids is not their own. The same. <laughs> These are things that people in our community really have to understand. This is how women have to understand. This is how men think. They're no longer just going to accept. And the whole thing about being a package deal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some say, oh, well, I'm a package deal. Well, you could be a package deal right all by yourself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's how men are looking at it. They're no, they're not. Men now have a voice. You know, God, you know, God's with God rest. That's the dead, Mr. Kevin Samuels. To God, but Kevin was. There's, and there's been many 
there was there's been many, including him, who basically been saying the same thing. Like uh-huh. there, there was a time where women would size men up. Well, he gotta have this, he gotta have this. He, for me to even talk to him, he gotta have this and that. Mm-hmm. But women mm-hmm. want women want you to women want to be able to, to have, be whatever they want, and you're supposed to just accept that. Mm-hmm. And men are saying no, that's not the way it is. And that's mm-hmm. what women have a problem with. Yes. Okay. Women, women. Uh, let's take it back to the church for a second, right? And if you know, women don't like to hear this, but when it comes to if you say you want a Christian marriage, well, the man is the head by default. You know what I mean? According to God, the man is the head of the house. The man is the head. The woman is the neck. You know, and we have a lot of kids. Can you hear me? Did I lose you? Hello? Oh, no, I'm muted. No, I'm here. How about now? Can you now, hear me now? I can hear you. I can hear you now. Okay. I was saying, um, when it comes to the Christian, when it comes to the, the Christian, the women that say they want a Christian marriage or Christian man, mm-hmm. and same women who are like who would like to have those feminist mentalities, I can do it all by myself. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Those are the same. Yeah. But if you look at it by default, in the Christian faith, the man is the head. That's correct. You know, by default. I mean, that's just the way it is. So. <laughs> So you can't sit here and say you want a man, but then you don't want to, you don't want him to be the leader because that's what he it was designed and, to be that way. And I'm glad you spoke about that because I was going to, and that that has become a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that teaching of that man's position, or okay. you know, in a family, and is not being taught, and that's I see. Um, is lacking in the church okay. uh, education, the Christian education when they're teaching okay. um, that the man position okay. is that, like I say it's like even pastoring, I've pastored mm-hmm. and I've noticed that you have female dominating to still has that Eve mentality of going before doing what he, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. it's like the man has lost his position, yeah, and yes, I ma'am. thank God for him. And I'm and I'm glad you spoke on it that they are taking a stand now to get that position back. They, you know, well, they are king. They are the leaders. You know, and you know what's happening now is that you know what they're doing. They're going. They're, they're switching religions completely. They're going to Islam. Because uh-huh. a lot of a lot of a lot of good men, black men specifically, don't feel like they have a place in the Christian church. Yeah. So they're leaving yeah. the church because the Christian church is filled with a bunch of feminist women, single mothers with four or five mm-hmm. kids, out of wedlock, yeah. all that and medicine. If that's what y'all want, we'll just go the other way. And and you're right, definitely. And I strongly believe in teaching order is that mm-hmm. is, is that order mm-hmm. and and that is missing in the local churches mm-hmm. order. it is, it is. And, that, and, and i agree you see there's a huge percentage of single parenting in the home in the church mm-hmm. and it's not being taught 
Mm-hmm. So if it's not being taught, it's not going to ever be corrected, right? Exactly. And that's, and that's one of the things that I always um, did is teach from Genesis to teach order. Right. Yeah, they believe in cohabitating before, you know, before marriage. Have the mm-hmm. family first, forget about the marriage. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Church, mm-hmm. and the churches know that. The leaders know that in the church. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that's where, as leaders, we fail. We don't teach what we know is incorrect to correct right. it. Right. And sometimes, I must tell you, Darrell, we don't teach it because we're in it as leaders. Right, <laughs> right, right. I'm, I, that's one thing about me. I'm going to tell the truth, even if I'm wrong or not. Uh, <laughs> I will tell the truth. Gotcha. We don't want to teach something when we're in it. Right, right, right. And God right. holds us accountable over those sheep that he allowed us to shepherd. Right. Right, right, right. And we we have accountability as leaders right, in right, our right. home, and it starts in our home. In our home, as leaders, we can't expect to lead anyone when we're not holding that position in the standard of where God see you are to, and where He has you already in that position to do. You can't say I'm gonna lead you, but then you you lack home leading <laughs> home. Right, you want to come right. outside and let everybody think I'm the big person leading, but at right. home, my the, the woman wearing the, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. No, it's real. It's real. And so what's happening is well, another big thing too, Valerie, is that we live in a world now where women want to be men. Yes, and men want to be. <laughs> But you I know, know where you were going. But if, if, if we're gonna talk, if we're gonna talk at all, let's talk. Let's talk real. And I strongly, <laughs> and I strongly believe, if you look at the book of Genesis and what happened in the garden, uh-huh. Eve, Eve went over Adam. Okay. By speaking to that serpent and disobeying what God told Adam. Okay. So. That position was already a battle right there. Right, right, women right, to right. dominate, try to dominate women, men. And yeah. see, when I teach, I, I let the women know, yes, stay in your place. <laughs> yeah, no. No, because, look. Yeah. yeah, because what's happening is, like, I tell people all the time, I'm all for women having opportunity, but uh-huh. to be equal to a man, it's never been that way. No. It's never <laughs> yeah. been that way. No, women, mm-hmm. women, women were not. Women were designed to be helpmates. Not to that's be, correct. There's a reason why women. The Walmart again for that particular situation I just told you about. Okay, that, yeah. that lady I talked to, she made. She got really emotional. It wasn't uh-huh. a logical decision that she made. It was an emotional decision that she made. And this is mm-hmm. why women don't lead households because women go off what they feel. Mm-hmm. Men that's go right. off what is what is actually going on in front of me. Men that's are correct. men are practical. Men yes. want to see yeah. well. How the heck do we get out this situation? Not what we feel like. That's it's what 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 do we have to do? Yes, and that's the difference. Yeah. And this is why women, you know, this is more and more. I I see it. I was like, this is why men lead 
Okay. My aunt is an alpha female. She's a leader and she's leader, but she still allows my uncle to lead. And the, mm-hmm. my aunt is a lead. She's a, she's a boss at work. When she comes home, my uncle, who's a, who's a man's man, who was a man's man, right? Mm-hmm. He yes. still gets to lead that house. She makes more money than him. Uh-huh. But that don't matter. You know, like at the That's house, right. at the house. You know, he's still the leader, and you know, and, and, and so I, I just think there's a lot of that going on in our, specifically in our community. Because mm-hmm. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be real with you, yes. in the white community, they teach things much, much differently, right? Definitely. Guess what? In the black community, you're told, like you said earlier, go get that college degree. That's right. Because you don't need a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can do it by yep. yourself. Uh-huh. What these white young, you know, these white women, when they go to college looking for their husbands. They looking for mm-hmm. somebody they're going to settle down with. Yeah, and we're you are t- hearing. Yeah. yeah, you're right about that. You're right. We're you're told, right. Black women are told, "Go get your degree." Go get your mm-hmm. degree. And here's what they got to realize: when you want a man, a man don't care about your degree. That's correct. You don't care about that because you didn't get that for him. You got that for you. But why, right. should, why should he care about whatever degree you got? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When women, when, when, when women date, as women get older and they date older, right? So past the age of 40, right? Mm-hmm. And they yes. think because they have a six-figure income that the man they should attract should also have a six-figure income. Mm-hmm. I say it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know why it doesn't work like that? Because you're over the age of 40. Mm-hmm. What women have to realize is, guess what? The man has the advantage. They don't. We don't have a biological clock. Where women right. This is just mm-hmm. what it is. You can't argue this stuff. This is just what it is. So a man can be 52 and go get it with a 28-year-old and have a baby and it'll be just fine. Yes. You don't see many 52-year-old women going to have babies at 52. Did mm-hmm. that proves my point that men and women have never been equal. That's right. You know, so this, these are things that are, are now being talked about in our community. And we have to bring mm-hmm. light to it because some of these women are absolutely delusional. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely, um, because they're not even being taught how to cooperate with a man. Because most yeah. women are coming from single parent households like I came yes. from one you came from one mm-hmm. you know so these young ladies aren't even seeing what it's like to even interact with a with a man in a positive way yes so then they grow up thinking that they don't need a man they're gonna go to school and mm-hmm. they're just <laughs> and they're gonna get that degree to be able to uh, understanding is actually smarter to find a good man team up with that man and build a life together Versus trying mm-hmm. to do it all by yourself. And then if you complicate your life with all these kids out of wedlock uh-huh. and then expect a man to want to take that on, that's not fair to that man. That's right. That's what, that's what these women have to understand. Why do, mm-hmm. why, do, why, do, why do men, why do women feel like it's okay? See, women like to operate in conditional femininity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A man doesn't get to operate in conditional masculinity. Mm-hmm. That's the problem that women, yeah. women, women feel like 
They only want to be feminine sometimes, but men don't have the luxury of being being masculine only sometimes. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. makes does that make sense? Yeah. And, and this yeah. is the problem that's going on in our community, and I've been watching it because see, dating and relationships are something that most of us say we want. Mm-hmm. We want to find a good man or a good woman. What we have to understand is. If you get one bite at the apple, like for me per se, right? Me having a disability, Valerie, here's what I had to realize. Mm-hmm. Okay, I a woman has to choose me because of what it means to be, because I have a special need. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't get to get any woman I want. You know, yeah. I a woman has to choose me because she has to be willing to deal with what comes along with being with me. Every woman's not gonna sign up for that. In most traditional situations. The man chooses the woman, mm-hmm. right? But in my case, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. You know, so so dating in relationships is something that uh, we say we want, mm-hmm. or relationship, but we not, we don't want to put in the work to to put ourselves in position to get that. Yes, if that's what if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm passionate about this topic because yes. because I, I see it running rampant in our in our young in our black community. Mm-hmm. And there's so many so many women don't want to do the work to better themselves. Mm-hmm. Like like why do you think why do you think you if you're five three two hundred fifty pounds you deserve a man that's making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. This is just reality. How many how many men making a type of money are with women at five, three, or two hundred pounds? You don't see it. You don't. This is just the reality of it. You don't see it. Yeah, you might find one or two or ten, but it's not the norm. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, if you want to look at celebrities, you look at Lizzo, the single Lizzo. Right, Lizzo talks about body positive. And right away, I love, I love bigger women. That doesn't bother me per se personally. But I'm just speaking from a macro perspective. Lizzo talks mm-hmm. about body positivity, body this, body that. But you don't see her going after a man that's a big dude with a, a big she ain't, she ain't attracted to men like that. She still mm-hmm. wants she wants that fit man, that muscular man. I'm mm-hmm. being I'm being honest. I mean, so so you're telling you're telling people. That you should have body positivity, but yet the type of man you want, it doesn't have the type of same body. Does it have the same body that you have? Yeah. So it's kind of hypocritical if you think about it. To say mm-hmm. right. these, these are the these are the things these are the things that we're not willing to call out because of whatever reason. We got to mm-hmm. call we got to call these things out on our community, but it's not fair for the man to have to have to have all these. They could, most men know if they if they look a certain way, they're not going to attract a woman that is super fit and in the gym and has all the physical assets that you like. Because yeah. what women have to understand is also this too, and I'll leave it at this. When you first meet a woman, it's always going to be phys, uh, physical for a man. Mm-hmm. We, have not, we have nothing else to go off of. You know what I mean? Yes. So, <laughs> we have nothing else to go because we don't know you yet we don't know anything about you we don't know anything that we always see the physical first and then if we like what we see then we ask questions and see if we want to get to know you 
That's just the way they are. So yes. awesome. This has been great, guys. So before we get out of here, how can the people find you and get connected to you and learn more about what you're doing through your company, Breaking the Silence, and everything you're doing? How can people connect to you? I actually, you know, I have, they can reach me by social media okay. right now. Um, I think for CC who's working on making sure that, that everyone get me in front of them. Okay. But um, okay. you can reach me by um, for social media. Okay. I, I don't have, um, I just have my name right now, okay. uh, Valerie Bartley. And okay. that's the glamorous shot of Valerie. Okay. And I have my personal number. You can also reach me by that. Great. Well, wait. We'll put. We'll, I'll put your social media in our show notes. You know, I'm not gonna put your. Post, I'm not gonna put your personal phone number out for the people to see. But what we I will do you. is we'll put. We will put your uh your, your your IG handle and um hopefully you know hopefully you can have a website soon and people can kind of see what you're doing there and amazing things okay. that you amazing things that you're doing um. I appreciate you just being my guest today. We had we talked about a, a, a variety of things today. <laughs> I enjoyed myself with you. And yeah. I'm hoping to come back. Yeah, we can talk again and, and even get a little deeper. But I'm glad that we, you know, able to share some things. And you actually are able to confirm a lot of what men are saying. You know, and I think, I think that was cool. I think that was awesome to talk about that. And just like I said, everything you're doing to, to help young people, help the next generation is really, yes. really, really important. And I, I admire you for that. I commend you for that. And I wish you nothing, yes. nothing but great success moving forward. Okay. Great, Wonderful, great, guys. great. And, all right, Darrell. So, so, so before we, so guys, that's the end of our, this episode of the Encouragers Fire podcast. This is your host, Darrell Peart. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace.